and welcome back to the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. Hope y'all are having a great day. Today, Thursday, June 16th, the Warriors and the Celtics play game six. Close out game, in my opinion, the Warriors are going to wrap it up tonight. The Celtics had a golden opportunity again in game five. Curry had an off game, didn't make a three, crazy stuff. Who would have thought that he didn't make a three and the Warriors would have still won? But I think today it's all over. Serena Williams is coming back. She will play in Wimbledon 2022. She has the six best odds to win the whole thing. Can she do it? Can she get her eighth Wimbledon? And Nick Kyrgios defeats Tsitsipas in a great match. Kyrgios is a beast on grass. Um, he's he's a beast in any surface. He just has he's just you know he's volatile. He's he's sometimes he's not right in the head, but you can't deny the talent. But yeah, all of that on this episode of the Hard Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. Warriors in Boston tips off at 6 p.m. here at Pacific Time. 9 p.m. over there in Boston on the eastern side. And the Celtics are playing for their for their lives. This is a elimination game. The Warriors could clinch it tonight. Game 6, you got to look out for Game 6 Clay. You got to look out for Curry having a bounce back game. We'll see if Draymond does anything. He started a pretty good in the first quarter last game, and then he kind of he kind of teetered off. But I do think this is it. I said before the series that I had Warriors in six. Uh, Celtics had some opportunities where I was like, damn, they might take this, namely in game four and game five. Game four, they, they were the better team for most of the game, and they just couldn't build that lead. They couldn't break the game open. Game five, game, game five it was just like, come on, dude. Curry's having a real bad game, and you guys are not taking advantage. Like, that's just a gut punch. I think the Celtics are not going to show up today. They'll make it interesting. I don't think it'll be a blow-up, but um, Tatum, I think he's going to continue to struggle. Uh, Like, yeah, it sounds crazy that a first-team All-NBA player is not going to have one good game in the whole series in the finals, but that's just how it's been for Tatum, and I expected it in Game 5 to have a bounce-back game after he didn't play that good. In game four, he had a lot of turnovers. He had a decent amount of points. It's more or less the same with the Celtics. They, their players don't play terrible. Brown and Tatum, they play all right, but they don't they don't show up in the critical moments. Um, namely, Tatum and Brown. Smart, he's up and down. Hortford, he'll give you some points, but he hasn't been playing that well as of late. But Tatum and Brown really need to step up, and they just haven't. They're too loose with the with the with the ball. Too many turnovers. And it's just killer. It's killer when you're playing the Warriors and, and they have players that could go off. Poole had a good game last year, last week, um, or last game, I'm sorry. Wiggins had probably the best game of his career, um, had incredible defense too. The the development the development of Wiggins has just been incredible. Like props to the Warriors. That trade that got them Kaminga and Wiggins for D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell looks like highway robbery now. I remember at the time, even I was criticizing them. I thought they should have packaged their pick plus D'Angelo Russell for a star. But I guess they know better. They knew that they needed a versatile athletic wing. And that's what they got from Wiggins. And yeah, he's getting overpaid. He didn't deserve that max contract. But as the number three, number two and a half at the Warriors, I think he's he that's the perfect role for him. And he's shining in it. And he's really displaying all his talents like... He could really just showcase his athleticism, and he's a bucket. You can't deny that. Wiggins is a bucket. He's always been a bucket. He's a natural 20 point, twenty points per game scorer, and 
he's having a, a great finals. I don't think I don't think he's gonna steal the finals MVP as much as I would like him to to take it away from Curry because that'd be funny. I don't think he will unless it goes seven and Curry just doesn't play good um, game six and game seven and Wiggins just continues to play at this level. But like I said, I think I think the series ends tonight. The Celtics had enough chances in game four and game five to take control of the series and they just didn't and I think it's it's time it's over. It's over today. I don't think they'll go back to San Francisco. Um Tatum the only way is coming back to San Francisco is if both Tatum and Brown have good games. And that the the Warriors defense is just too good. Um they've been good the whole season. They have players that could put the clamps on you. They play good team defense. Everybody hustles. That's one of the things that's distinguished uh, Steve, the Steve Kerr um, Warriors is that everybody tries, everybody runs, everybody rotates. Even Curry, who's not the best defender, he, you can see that he's always putting in effort. He's always, you know, always having the hand raised up. He's running around everywhere. Yeah, he might not have the frame to be a great defender, but he's always running around. He's always switching. He's always communicating. That's one of the things that I, I could appreciate about the Warriors. Their team defense is really good. And they have some, they still have the anchor in Draymond Green. They have uh, Gary Payton the second. They have Wiggins, who's been amazing defending Tatum. So I just I don't know. I don't see the Celtics bouncing back. Uh, I was. They started off like super cold in Game Five, and then they heated up and they couldn't miss a three, and then they cooled off again. And I think they're just too up and down. They need to have a consistent game, and they're just too up and down, and they're not good in the clutch. And in the fourth quarter, Tatum and Brown disappear. Or Brown, he's been a good fourth quarter in the playoffs, but. They kind of disappeared in this final, especially in the last few games. So I I lost faith in the Celtics. And like I said, I think the Warriors closed it out today. But changing topics, Serena Williams is back. She has been granted a wild card for Wimbledon 2022. And I'm super stoked, super excited. Um, the GOAT, the GOAT of women's tennis, maybe the GOAT of tennis overall is back 40 years old after a year absence, after hurting herself in the 2021 version of Wimbledon. She is back and she's playing at Wimbledon, going for her eighth title there. Um, do I think she has a chance? She's the GOAT. Even with a year off, even being a mom, even being 40 years old, I still give her a chance. Like, she's that good. She has, She's that good on, on the tour. Not many can compete with the power that she could generate in her serves. Uh, maybe only Osaka could really compare with her. So I definitely give her a chance and the betting... The betting, um, the betting, the sports books do give her a chance too, as she's the sixth best favorite to win it. Um, some of these odds, um, I don't agree with as much. Iga Swiatek is the first one. Obviously, she's a favorite. She should be everyone's favorite. She's like on a thirty-five match win streak. Naomi Osaka's second favorite. Emma Raducanu, third favorite. I don't know if that's because she's English and because she won the um. U.S. Open, but she's coming back from an injury and she hasn't had the best results after the U.S. Open, so I don't know why her odds are so great. Simona Halep and Annette Contevo. I'm pretty sure it's because she's she's the home. She's the number one Britain woman player at the time, at the moment, so I'm pretty sure that's why her odds, Emma Raducanu's odds are so good. But I digress. Serena Williams being the sixth favorite by sports betting books, by sports books, that just is that's a lot of respect for Serena Williams to take a year off to be coming back from an injury and she has like basically no warm up 
I mean, she is playing a doubles tournament to warm up, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, not no real rhythm going into this. That's incredible. And I think that's a testament to how good she's been over the years. She's a seven-time champion. And she's definitely, you know, she's, she won it in 2016. She got to the finals in 2019, I believe. So, you know, it hasn't been that long since she was very competitive at Wimbledon. But like I said, a year off. She's a mom now. Like, how focused is she? Like, she has other, you know, ventures that she's going off in now. She's making commercials for the Super Bowl. She's definitely a business lady. She had that movie that came out, which was great, with Will Smith. So, like, how how concentrated, how much does she want this? I think she, she wants to have a good, like, you know, closing chapter in her book. Um, when she's, like, right, ready to wrap up this career, I think she wants to end it on a high note. But I just think Iga Swiatek is just playing so good that I can't see anybody else winning. She's moving so well. She's hitting the ball so cleanly. She's so effortlessly. She's so She looks so effortless when she plays. It's just everything just comes super natural to her. Obviously, Serena Williams is the GOAT and it looks very it looks very natural when she does it too at her at her peak level, but I don't know. I think she'll definitely she won't have like a flop at at Wimbledon 2022, I don't think she'll be um, she'll be like a first or second round out. I think she has enough talent. She has enough just natural ability to take a year off and get to like the third or fourth round. But can she get to the round of eight, the round of 16? I think maybe the round of eight semifinals, quarterfinals. I think that's right, right about like where she'll get to. But, you know, I would not be surprised if she gets to the finals and just wins the whole thing or maybe loses in the finals, depending on what the draw is. Um, she gets all to all the way to where she has to face Iga Swiatek, and then that would be a blockbuster must-watch TV matchup, which I would definitely like try to watch or record. But I'm just happy she's back. I'm just happy the GOAT is back. I'm happy that I get to see her for one more time, and I hope she does good. I'm definitely going to tune in to her matches and support her and root for her and root for her to get to that what 25th grand slam i think she's at 24 right now which is ridiculous which is ridiculous but yeah oh yeah she has 23 i hope she adds the 24th grand slam to her trophy cabinet but overall i'm just super happy i'm just super happy super pumped that she's coming back there was a lot of people that were speculating that she might not ever return that that was it that she was just gonna fade into the sunset so i'm i'm super pumped that she's back pumped that i'm gonna get to see her play again and you know she's a goat so i wish her the best kirios defeats tissy pies 5-7-6-2-6-4 in the holly open see punch is taken to the quarterfinals he's having a really good start of the grass season he got to the finals of the stuttgart stuttgart open where he lost or the semifinals where he lost to andy murray in a close first set and then he kind of fell off in the second set but now to defeat tissy pies who's Ranked number five or six in the world right now is just another top 10 victory for Nick Kyrgios. And in an interview that just happened not too long ago, he did talk about himself being a really good grass player and saying that he would consider himself top five, top 10 in the world when it comes to playing in the grass surface. And I would say that he's pretty much right on par. Like he, his game suits grass really, really well. He ha- He has a great serve. He has a lot of his shots are his shots are very flat and you know it tends to work better in grass. I think he's a good hardcore player too and he honestly when he played that one tournament in clay he did not look bad. He's just a very overall good player. 
yesterday when I was watching uh, the game against TC Paz, they kept talking about um, the racket talent, RT, like that Nick Kyrgios has one of the best racket talent on tour. And it's true, man. The things that this guy could do with the racket on the court is just ridiculous. Like some of those winners that he hits with so much pace, so much velocity, uh, you don't see too many players on tour do that even in the top 10 maybe like five or six have can generate that much power even have the confidence to attempt some of those shots and he looked like he still did some trick shots Kyrgios did did, did do it behind the back and he ended up winning that half volley behind the back which was ridiculous in the third set I believe yesterday against Sissipas He's still doing trick shots. He's still entertaining the crowd, but I feel like he's toned it down a little bit. He he knows when to pick the spots. Um, the the behind the back half volley yesterday, it kind of looked like it was kind of more out of a, out of a necessity. Like it, the ball was kind of behind him. That's why he did it. It he, it doesn't look like Kyrgios is searching out those opportunities as much as he was before. Like he's still very entertaining and one of the, probably one of the most entertaining players on court when when the rallies is going and. When when he's berating um, officials and other stuff, he's just a whole show. But he's still one of the most entertaining players on tour. But I think he's he's concentrating more on his tennis now, which is good to see. I just wish maybe um, he would he would like get his mentals a little bit better. But honestly, that just might be the way he operates. Like, yeah, I, I get where people are coming from. If you watch. If you watch the the telecast in different channels, different people feel a different type of way. The tennis channel uh, broadcast was kind of like really like going in on Kyrgios and saying that he's this tasteful and like that you know I forgot who was commentating but saying that she has some kids that know better and behave better. And if you're watching the tennis TV channel or the ATP channel, then they're kind of more like okay, like this is the new Kyrgios show. We know what's going on, and. Yeah, I could see both sides. I could see how it could be distasteful. Like, even me, like, I like Kyrgios, and even I see him braid officials, or I could see the match going a certain way. I'm like, all right, I could pretty much expect Kyrgios to kind of lash out in the next couple of minutes. Like, I could see him teetering. But, like, that just must, that, that might just be the way he operates. Like, especially, I know in tennis, it's a gentleman's sport. Like, we're not, we're not really used to this. We're not really used to seeing players show that emotion and, you know, berate officials and all that. But if I could just tie this whole podcast together and talk about the NBA Finals and Draymond Green. Draymond Green is that type of player where I think in game two, he, he was braiding the officials and he, he talked after the match saying that um, he, he's earned uh, that respect to be able to, you know, challenge the refs and talk to them like that. And people were saying that in game three, he was going to get kicked out because, He's basically challenging the officials, and he kind of toned it down in Game 3. He didn't attack the officials. He kind of tried to lower his intensity. Or not intensity, but, like, his his demeanors and how provocative he is on the court. And he had, like, the worst game ever for Game 3. So he kind of, he kind of on his podcast, he kind of says, like, oh, you know, I got to be true to myself, and I can't do that. I, gotta, I just got to play how I play and, you know, see how it falls. Like, this just might be how Nick Kyrgios how he operates, how he is. Like, he just needs to be always be walking that fine line, just like just like uh, Draymond Green does. You know, like Draymond Green, if he doesn't walk that fine line where he's about to get a technical or he's about to, uh, you know, get kicked out of the of the game, and 
he might not be the player that he is. He might not he might not be the impactful player that we know Draymond Green Green is because when he tries to tone tone it down, when he tries to be respectful, like he has that game three performance he had in the finals where he just he's just a he's just a non non impactful player. But where I will where the comparison ends is that Draymond Green for he's gonna be a Hall of Famer and he's he's been a great defensive player, but you wouldn't you wouldn't say he's one of the top three, top four, top ten skilled players or most talented players in the NBA. He he kind of needs to have that energy and and walk that fine line because it kind of makes up for the lack of talent or like the lack of full player that he is. And he that's the role he plays. He's an impactful player on the team. Whereas Nick Kyrgios is kind of the opposite. He's he's very talented. He doesn't need to. Or you would think that he doesn't need to walk that fine line to get himself up. Like he's just naturally really good. He's just really, really talented. Like like I said, that was they kept talking about racket talent. He has one of the best racket talent on tour. So you wouldn't think that he needs to walk this fine line where he needs to challenge the refs and just get super hyped up and super amped up to be a top player. But that just might be the way he operates. He it just might just that just might be what you know makes everything click, and and not everyone's the same. Like I know a lot of people watch Nick Kyrgios play, and he's like, "Why is he going so fast? Why is he, why is he serving so quick on his second serve right after his first serve?" And that's not the conventional way. Like usually, you miss your first serve, you kind of want to concentrate, bounce the ball, really thinking about your second serve, so you don't you don't double fault. Nick Kyrgios is the opposite. He he misses his first serve, he's already ready for his second one, and for the most part, when he's on, he's on, and it doesn't matter if. He's shouting at the ref if he's having like conversations with the crowd or if he's going super quick. Like it just works for him. So, you know, you gotta take the good with the bad. I, I get that Nick Kyrgios could be a lot for a lot of people and you know, he did destroy the bench on the side. So there is things that he needs to, you know, control and and do better. But I think some of the stuff that he does, it just works. Like we just accept it. We just accept it for for what it is in basketball for like for players like like Draymond Green and if I could tie it to soccer like like Pepe for the Real Madrid center back he always walked that fine line he was an enforcer he was he was that player that had to get in people's faces and he was intimidating and that was part of his persona and we just accepted in others in other sports but in tennis you know it's a gentleman's sport it's like what are you doing you shouldn't be talking to the ref like that you shouldn't be doing all this well I mean why not it's a sport it's emotional I get it. He he definitely goes over the line sometimes, but I think sometimes the commentary is just too too critical, maybe. But maybe I'm just coming from someone that, you know, goes to soccer games, goes to baseball games, goes to, um, you know, football games, lives in the U.S. Like, this is the type of stuff that I'm used to. Um, and, you know, tennis is a gentleman's sport, and I know it has a lot of history of being, you know, you got to be super respectful and just tone everything down i get it i get where people are coming from they want to keep tennis this super you know collared sport where everyone's super nice no one has true like real real like different emotions everyone's just kind of robotic i get that but i also see where nick Kyrgios, you know he loves basketball he he tunes into other sports he could be like damn i, I like how draymond green carries himself he's an enforcer he's he really shows his emotions he he he, he doesn't he's not black and white he he shows who he is, but obviously I could also see that Nick Kyrgios sometimes goes too far. But I digress. I think Nick Kyrgios is a great 
grass player and he has a chance to you know punch his ticket to the semifinals tomorrow when he plays Pablo Carreño and I think he should be the favorite Carreño he's a very consistent player so we'll see if he's able to give him trouble but if Nick Kyrgios ends up winning or gets to the finals of the Holly Open then he might be seated for Wimbledon and that'll be good for him because honestly he could he could have a good run in Wimbledon obviously it's a five setter instead of a three setter so he would have to keep his cool and his head straight for more than just two or three sets but he might be able to do it he might i could definitely see nick Kyrgios making like a quarterfinals semifinals runs at wimbledon but that should do it for this episode of the hard to handle sports podcast just a quick episode hope you guys have a great thursday enjoy the finals have a great rest of your day peace